Welcome to Mind Over Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Runyon, a mindset-obsessed food blogger and food photographer. You are listening to the only podcast designed to help food bloggers up-level their mindset to manifest their biggest blogging goals. Welcome to Mind Over Blog. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Over Blog. I'm your host, Lauren, and I'm super glad that you are here with me today. I love this episode and I cannot wait for you guys to get all of the amazing advice that our guest gives us today. So let's dive in. So today we are talking to Miss Greta Skolton and she is a certified life coach who specializes in time management. She exclusively coaches women one-to-one to help them understand why the time management strategies they've tried before haven't worked and what they need to do instead so that they can completely transform the way they interact and think about their time. So we dive in in this episode all about how to spend your time intentionally versus reactively, and it's amazing. And so this episode is perfect for anyone who is feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling feelings of stress and it doesn't seem to go away despite what you're doing to try and fix it externally. So if you're trying to add a more organized to-do list or you think it's more from your calendar, Greta has an amazing approach where it's all about your mindset to get it. You have to get your mindset right first to move into a more organized life. So she says that that the overwhelm and those feelings of stress, that doesn't come from your to-do list or the things that you think you need to do. It always comes from the way that you think about those things. This conversation is so perfect. And Greta was met her because she was actually, and I think, I don't know if she does it anymore, but she was a food photographer and she takes beautiful photos of food. And that's originally how I started following along with her. And then happened to notice that she was posting from a different account and just loved her freaking approach to this. So if you have feelings like feeling overwhelmed, not feeling focused, not getting things done that you keep telling yourself you're going to do, feeling like there isn't enough time or there's too much to do, this episode is for you. And I really just feel like I should just say, if you're a woman, then this is it. Because I feel like as women or, you know, we just take on so much. So it's got to be common for you to feel that way. I hope you love what you hear. Don't forget to tag us in on Instagram at mindoverblog. And then Greta has her information. She'll say it in the episode. And I also have it in the show notes. If you guys love it, please don't forget to share it and then leave it a review because... I couldn't be more thankful when you do, and it's how we spread the word and help everybody else out as well. So enjoy the episode. Hello, Greta. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I am very, very happy to have you here. I know that you are going to teach me so much, and I know that the listeners want to hear more about what we're going to talk about today. So today we're talking about time management, and I love your approach. I love how you help women with it. So it's going to be a really great episode. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, let's start off with you just giving us an introduction about who you are, uh, what it is that you do. And then I'd also love for you to share a little bit how um, you've gotten to where you are, because I know you and I originally found you within uh, my food Instagram account, like for Sweet Rustic Bakes, and you're a food photographer. And uh, now you're kind of in this uh, coaching side. So I would love for you to share how you've gotten to where you are today. 
Yeah. So I'm Gretis Golden. I am a time management coach for women, uh, mostly female entrepreneurs. That tends to be who comes to me. And uh, specifically, I have several uh, food photographers and food bloggers as well. And I got here, I was actually an occupational therapist um, for many years, eight, nine years, and was just never satisfied in what I was doing. And I moved around a lot in terms of trying to find different settings. So I thought it was the setting. <laughs> I was like, how about a hospital? No. How about a school? Also, mm. no. So <laughs> I just kind of had in the back of my mind, like, this is not it. And so then I found food photography. I had done, um, you know, portrait photography for years, just as a hobby for my friends and that type of thing. And found food photography and got super into it. And um, I don't know, about two years into food photography, I just kind of had this like, okay, this is close, but this isn't it either. And I ended up finding the Life Coach School podcast in May of 2019. And it's like everything just kind of clicked at that point for me. I was like, okay, this is it. So I joined her group coaching program. And within months, I was like, okay, I need to get certified as a coach. And it's it was an $18,000 program. So <laughs> it was not anything I was quite prepared to invest in. Um, but just kind of had the back of my mind that that's something I wanted to do. And just uh, March 2020 rolled around. This is right before the pandemic really, you know, really hit here. And I just had this like pull. I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I, I took out a loan. Um, I was like, I just, I want to make this happen. And it was just the best decision I've ever made. I have no regrets. That's awesome. And I, I, I don't her podcast. I don't, haven't listened to it a ton. I hear people talk about it all the time and I have looked at her pricing and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's gone up since then too. So yeah, but I'm <laughs> sure, I mean, obviously, I mean, I know that there's value in, in, in I don't know. That's still, that's amazing. And that's awesome to hear. I love hearing people and their story and their journey and allowing themselves to pivot, especially when, you know, you think you're going to be one place and, and then you end up in another. And sometimes people are really resistant to that. So I love mm-hmm. hearing when people are open to the possibility of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, and I just didn't see the point. Like I know a lot of, I mean, I had, I still have student loan debt. Like I just, I guess that's always been my mentality of like, if this isn't it, I'm going to find, you know, I'm going to find the thing that, that is it. And I just feel like I'm, I'm here now and it's been like a 10 year journey uh, to get here, but it just, it's just worth it. Like, I, I don't know. There's just, I don't see the point in spending 30 years in something that you don't want to do because you've already put money into it. Like to Mm. me, that just doesn't, you know, it's like, I don't know, life's too short. Mm, I agree with that. And I am sure that I can confidently say that there are people that, you know, money holds people back from pursuing their dreams, whatever it is, whether it's blogging or coming into like a coaching certification or anything, taking that course, it's a big, uh, it's a risk, especially when you're not getting a return on investment. Yeah, but. I mean, I know that if we got into that topic, you can can say that when you put that energy out there, I mean, it, I've talked about it before on other, on other podcasts, it's a universal law. Like you are going to get it back. Like that investment yeah. is going to come back to you tenfold. So yeah, 100%. Off topic, but totally important for people <laughs> yeah. to know. Because you totally go down a bunny trail on that. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> we might have a problem this episode. <laughs> 
So why time management? Is that something that you've always excelled at or just loved or? Yeah. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was kind of a weird kid in that I went to Disney World as like five-year-old and all I wanted to do was go to the gift shop and get a notebook and a pen and a fanny pack. So <laughs> I think my brain has always been a little on the organized side. Um, but not to say that I was perfect with it either. When I was in my job um, as an occupational therapist and really miserable, um, I wasn't waking up early before. I mean, I would literally wake up five minutes before I had to leave for work. Do I make up in the car? Like, I mean, I was not always like on point by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I will say even throughout those times, nothing work-wise fell through the cracks. It was more of um, like my personal life and my emotional health was what was falling through the cracks then, but I always got all of my work done and got it done on time. So I would say my brain just tends to be a little bit more organized. Um, and I think that is a gift that I was given. I don't know where that came from, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Yeah. So let's just like start with what time management is to you and to like how you embrace it. And how would someone know that they need help with time management? Is it always having this sense of overwhelm? Is it a lack of focus? Is it never getting things done on their to-do list? Like for you and how you like work with time management, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So to me, time management is spending your time intentionally instead of reactively. And in order to do that, you need to be aware of what you're thinking about time because time isn't this, um, like rigid thing. It really is all time is, is our thoughts about time. And I know that seems, I don't know, that's not just talked about, I feel like in the world. So mm -hmm. that really is what time is. And it will, the way you think about time will impact your relationship with time and how you feel, which leads me to how someone would know if they need help with time management. And it's everything that you named um, and then some like feeling overwhelmed, not feeling focused not getting things done that you keep telling yourself you're going to get done, um, feeling like there isn't enough time or there's too much to do, feeling rushed. <laughs> like, I feel like there's, I could go on, like there's so many indicators that your relationship with time could use some repair if you have any of those thoughts or feelings. Okay. Procrastination is another really big one. Mm. Working and I want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, procrastination or even working more than you want to, or just kind of like described as like kind of messy, where you're just throwing everything at the wall um, because you're not truly sure what's the most important thing. And so when you don't know what the most important thing is, everything's important. Mm. That's so good. And so because I haven't necessarily introduced this topic out into my audience and to the listeners yet, uh, back onto what you said and how time isn't what we think it is, just to give somebody a little bit of a um, example of what, what Greta means by that is yeah. that if you've ever had this experience of when time flies by, like say you're in your car driving and you suddenly get to your destination and you're like, oh, how the heck did I get here? Like <laughs> that was really fast and I don't really know where time went. Like I'm sure everyone has had these experiences where time flew by and that sense of time that we think we have wasn't there. And then there's other times in our lives where you're like, this is the most painful poke my eye out experience. Why is this time going so by slow? And that all has to do with 
like how we're perceiving and thinking about that experience in time. Is that pretty accurate to what? Yeah, that's a great you example. Believe? Yes. Okay. Yep. It's a great example. Well, so then you talked about how it's the thoughts about time. So what does that mean? Like, does that mean, do like, I guess, does, do people even realize that they have bad thoughts about time? That <laughs> Absolutely <mindset> not. <laughs> okay. Let's no, start. Let's go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just that that's the first place we start is people don't know that, first of all, they're having thoughts about time for the most part. If you haven't practiced watching yourself think, you you don't even necessarily know that you're having thoughts about time. So that's the first place is just to start to notice what you're thinking about time. And then once you start to notice, you'll probably, you probably have thoughts of like, Oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. I don't have enough time. I don't know where to start. Like all of these thoughts is like kind of turning the light on in a really messy room. You're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's a lot of thoughts. And those thoughts are what create our emotions, our feelings. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling stressed, it's never coming from the things on your to-do list or the things um, that you think you need to do. It's always coming from the way that you think about those things. Very good. And I, I think most, that. yeah, so I think most people think it's coming from the things. Yeah. And it's not. And do you also talk about, or do you consider it placing your thoughts kind of in the future? Like when you're focusing on things that are not necessarily may not even happen, but are most definitely not happening in this moment. Do Mm -hmm. you, does that fit into the time management? Because a lot of the times when you think about overwhelm and you're thinking about um, anxiety that comes from us not being in our present moment, is that something that you kind of work into the time management, like mindset work? Um, Kind of from a little bit from a different approach than that. Um, Yeah, I think it's really just getting aware of what your thoughts are in the moment. And yes, like if they are future focused and they are um, worrying thoughts that are like based on some future moment, then yes, um, we look at that. Uh, I don't necessarily focus a lot on like the present moment, although that is where we focus our attention on our thoughts. So kind of yes, kind of yes and no on that. And yeah, because you can think about the future and think about it in a really positive way, you know, think about like possibility and, you know, all of the amazing things. And that's just a really good use of your imagination versus thinking about the future and worrying. Mm-hmm. Very good. So then what would be like the next step? So the next step is to notice that you, what you're thinking about, what would be the next step somebody does when yeah. they're trying to like, so they are like, so, so say that you've just said this and then the light bulb goes off and they're like, crap, I, you know, constantly say how there isn't enough time in my day or they're worrying and stressing about how busy their evening is going to be when they pick their kids up from school and they have to make dinner. What do they do next? Yeah. So I think two things, first of all, is just to really notice how whatever thought they're thinking feels in their body. And just really make that connection that that feeling in their body that, you know, the overwhelm or the stress is coming from the thought. So I think that's the first place because until you really make that connection that it is coming from the thought, you you can't really change that. You can't change the thought because you don't know that's the problem. So it's really just kind of staying there with that thought and in connecting it with that emotion um, that would be the first step. And then the other thing I like to do, if you have a little bit more time, like, you know, couple of minutes is to write down the facts of the situation and what you're making that mean. 
that's probably my, my favorite journaling exercise if you are feeling stressed or overwhelmed is to write down everything you're thinking and then pull out the facts of that situation. Because those mm, facts don't make you feel anything at all. It's a story you're telling yourself about those facts that are causing your emotions. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Very good. <laughs> and so then, so say someone goes and they're like, in the past, they're like, I am going to get my crap together. I am going to make a to-do list. I am going to stick to the to-do list. And then I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to write out the top five things that I'm going to do. And I'm going to put it in my calendar and they try it and they stick with it for a couple of days. And then it always just like fades away. And then they revert back to that overwhelm. What happens there? Is it because they didn't originally fix that time, that, that headspace, the mindset of their time? Yeah, absolutely. You're just, it's kind of like a band-aid fix when you just try to calendar or to-do list something. Um, and it can work, but if you've got these patterns that are creating you to push things off and procrastinate or, you know, feel overwhelmed, those dominant patterns are going to win out. And the way I like to think about it is, so that new pattern that you tried with like a to-do list or a calendar is like a, like imagine walking through a cornfield, like you're like, it's hard, you know, you're like, you are the one paving the way. There's like, obviously tons of stocks of corn. I don't know. I never grew up in a farm, so I don't really know. (laughs) But I imagine there's like these giant stocks of corn, you know, like there's no paved path. And that's how, that's what's happening in your brain is like this path isn't paved, but your overwhelm path is like a major highway. And you can get on that major highway really easily and really quickly. And it's easy for your brain to jump on that major highway instead of forging the path through the cornfield. So it's going to revert back to that major highway. And so what we need to do is realize what that major highway leads you to, and then also be willing to put in the work to create new thoughts that create a different pathway for you. So if your you know, intention is to feel calm or productive, we have to work actively on forging that calm, productive path in your brain. So it becomes as strong as the overwhelm path. And it's kind of like you're cutting off the circulation to that overwhelm path. So eventually it does go away. It does die off. Kind of mixing metaphors there, but yeah, no, I get it, and it makes it completely clear. And I like the like cutting it off. I love that, and and it's important to know that while that may sound really like overwhelming, maybe to people, that the more you take the highway, or the more you like, I always think of it as like a, a path in the woods. The more you take that path, you wear it down. But then when you try and go another way, you have to clear out the way. And it takes some time to clear out the new path. Mm-hmm. And then it eventually becomes the easy path. But it takes work. And it's okay yeah. for it to feel like it's work for a moment in time yes. because you're trying to retrain your brain. And that's yeah. completely normal and okay and safe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think our just society as a whole, we're like so into like quick fixes and instant gratification and like it's just, so I think there is that like expectation too of like, okay, why is this not happening in a day? Like, well, we didn't get to this other place of overwhelm in a day. So it's going to take a little bit longer, but it is worth it because it is, that will be your new normal. Instead of the overwhelm, calm will be your new normal. It's totally worth taking the time and it doesn't take as long. It doesn't need to take a long time either. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll offer too. So what if someone says, okay, I hear you, I need to change my mindset, but my situation is this, like I work 50 hours a week at my normal job. I'm trying to grow my blog. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of my dogs or kids or, you know, my grandma. 
I have this situation. How does my mindset change my current situation? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll change on it'll it can change how you feel about your current situation. So the mm-hmm. goal isn't to change the circumstances; it is to feel better about the circumstances that you have, and not even feel better, but just be aware of what you're making those circumstances mean. Like, are you making them mean that you're never going to be able to get there? Like, because if you hold on to that mm-hmm. thought, you're never going to get there. And you don't, we don't have to feel good about certain circumstances. You know, like if a family member is sick and that, you know, you're helping take care of them. Like the goal isn't to like put a silver lining around that and be like, it's rainbows and unicorns and daisies. Like that's not the point (laughs) is to feel better about those types of things, but it is to choose your thoughts intentionally. And instead of thinking like, I'll never get there. I've got too much to do. It's like, okay, what can I do today? What one step can I take today? That's going to move me along my path. That's really good. I like that. And I love that you're not saying that you have to be like puppies and rainbows. Like, yeah, I always try and really like hammer in that it's like positive and negative, but not meaning yeah. you have to have sprinkles and like rainbows. Yeah. It's positive, meaning you're creating the reality you want. It's like, yes, yeah. you are having to deal with this crappy situation, but let's like use words that create it to be a better situation <laughs> versus yeah, like a really yeah. terrible, like icky feeling. Yeah, because a lot of times we'll look at our circumstances and think like, well, that for sure means that I can't do this. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. that that doesn't mean that at all. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just that that just empowering people to know that no matter what your circumstances are, there is a next step for you to take in the direction of where you want to go and you will get there. Yeah. And it's so funny we're talking about this because today I kind of have this shot, this shot, this thought in the shower. Showers are, you know, I don't know why you have good thoughts in the shower. The best thoughts come there. (laughs) It is. And I like talk to myself in there. It's totally, if anybody ever witnessed it, they'd be like, she's crazy. (laughs) I knew my affirmations, whatever. So I had this thought, like, you know, people, because I was thinking about time management and people have these huge goals and desires. And then you are like, well, I can't do this because I'm working full time. But I believe that you were given this desire at this exact moment in your life on purpose. And you weren't given this desire because you couldn't do it and you can't go after it. You were given this desire now while you're busy because you're supposed to be learning something along the way to get to this ultimate goal, which would be like learning because like no matter what's in a situation and if, if overwhelm is like one of your dominant feelings, you're probably having that no matter what you're doing in your life. So if you have it now when you're working 40 hours and you think it's going to go away yeah. when you're not working 40 hours and you just get to work on your blog, yeah. probably not a very accurate no, statement. It's not going to go away. <laughs> See, that's like your brain comes with you. Like it's a real yeah. thing. <laughs> but your brain, and that's the thing, like your brain comes with you and then you're going to apply your nine to five thinking to your, your new job. It's just, yes. unless you're like addressing those underlying thoughts, hundred percent, it comes with you. Like yeah. the best and the worst news. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. And I, I so, I a hundred percent believe and know that what you're saying is true because I've gone through that. Like I, I don't remember when it was that I finally realized I was doing this. It's been several months and I had just had this moment where I was like, holy crap, you do this with everything that you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're working this huge corporate job, managing huge teams of people, or if you're doing nothing at home, like you feel overwhelmed all the time. So what you're saying is so on point and really good for the listeners. 
And I will say, like, I was working, what, what year is it? 2021. Um, <laughs> two years, like, I don't even, what is time anymore? Um, so I was working, I mean, I was working two jobs. I was the breadwinner. Like, I just, I think it's so great. I'm like, I have not, I just, if I did it, I think anybody can do it. Like, mm-hmm. I was the breadwinner. I was working 50, 60 hours a week across two jobs. I, you know, and then I was doing food photography at, you know, nights and weekends. Like, I just, I think if you have a desire and you have like that fire in your belly to go for it, you can make it happen. I mean, a hundred percent, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter your circumstances. That's really good. And one of the things, this is, might be a little kind of off topic. One of the things that I saw, I don't know if I was like stalking your old stories or <laughs> where I saw it, but it was just very, it was so good and a light bulb moment. I think probably for a lot of people, you were showing maybe your journal and it was an oh, entry yeah. about how you were kind of complaining about the people in the house not helping out, helping out. Yeah. And it's such a good thing for people to like hear and hopefully absorb that you can have this like attitude like, oh, nobody helps me out around the house. If if people would help me do this, things would feel easier. Yeah. And again, that's not what you're saying needs to happen, right? Yeah, no, for sure not. Because it's so we think that's what we need and it's really not what we need. And it just, it, it just keeps you in a very disempowered place when you're like expecting everyone else to do things for you. It actually feels really good to take responsibility for yourself and for your own emotions. And I mean, like I said, I literally, I do the same chores as I did five years ago, but the way I feel about doing them and taking care of them are, they couldn't be more different. I used to be very, you know, like, angry and being blame and frustrated. Um, and now I'm like, I do the exact same things and I don't even think twice about it. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's fine. We're just doing that. Cause I mm-hmm. love having a clean house. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No one else cares, but I love it. <laughs> and so do you, are you to the point where doing those things or maybe the things that you used to feel a little bitter about, you never feel that way? Or are you to the point where maybe you occasionally catch yourself feeling that way and you know you now know how to handle those feelings and emotions? Yeah, I would say every now and then, like especially if I'm tired, you know, when oh obviously when we're tired, we're just our emotional <laughs> um <laughs> health is just not quite as strong. But um yeah, so like every now and then, very rarely and I'm like, oh that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute, but that's coming back up. I'm like, whatever. It's fine. And then I'm able to like shift back really quickly. So yeah, it's not to say never, but I mean, maybe once or twice a month, like if that, it's just not very often. And yeah, I'm able to shift out of it really quickly. That's good. So what about when people say they're going to do things and then they never follow through with what they're going to do? Is that a time management problem? Or yeah, is that I, a like? Does is that a procrastinate? I guess that probably falls a little into procrastination, like yes. a, a chronic procrastinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I mean there's several several reasons why people procrastinate. I mean, there's like I think forty reasons why people procrastinate. It's crazy if you look it up. Like reasons why people procrastinate. Um, yeah, and so I think there are lots of reasons why that happens. I mean, some of the most common ones are like, you know, you aren't being specific about what you're going to do. You give yourself way too many things to do. um, Or you aren't like the things that you give yourself to do are like these kind of big, giant, vague tasks that seem very overwhelming. Um, So usually the problem with a lot of that is either it's too much or too vague. Is like long story short on maybe why people don't do what they say they're going to do. And then there's also this identity level of 
you know, I'm just not a person who does X, Y, and Z. And that's the other thing that we would want to look at too, is building their new identity and being very future focused and deciding who they're going to be. And you start becoming that person in the moment. And you do it in very small ways. Like, what would she be thinking? What would she be feeling? He or she. I give male listeners do. I don't want to exclude anybody. Um, yeah, really just like looking and building that new identity right now in this moment and taking those small steps into becoming that person. And do you find that when someone, when so if they're putting on too much, like say that they are doing saying they're going to do too many things, like it's too big of a a chunk to handle. And so then they keep, okay, I'm going to, like, it's like they keep coming up with more, I guess said this in a previous podcast that hasn't aired yet, like you make plans for your plans. Yeah. Is it that you need to break the goal down or is it that, like, what happens when you just keep doing that to yourself? Is, Is it, like in my opinion, it's almost like you've you're you're convincing your subconscious mind that you're not worth it. Like you that your goals and that what you want isn't worth it because you're showing it that like you never follow through with what you say you're gonna do. Yeah. I do think there is like a it's a skill to be learned. And I think um, you know, I think I think anybody can learn this skill, but yes, I think it is you can break it down and then just picking the first small thing on that list and I, that I think starting small is so, so important, especially if you have this identity and this belief that you're around your, you know, yourself and you're doing that you're just not a person who does something. You have to start building that in a very small, very tangible way. So even if like, just, I don't even know, exercise, we'll just pick something really easy. Like if you're someone who doesn't exercise, I wouldn't ever, like, I wouldn't recommend being like schedule in 45 minutes for an intense weight training session. Like seriously put a three, five, 10 minute walk on your calendar and do that. And if that's even hard, like calendar in, put on shoes, change into, you know, gym clothes Mm -hmm. and like really breaking it down to that first small step. And then once you're doing that consistently, then you start to build that up slowly. I just think people just, you know, they overwhelm themselves by giving themselves very vague, very large things. And your brain, our brains just see that our, our brains are trained to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and um, what's the other? I totally forgot. Seek pleasure, avoid pain, and conserve energy. Yes, that's the third one. And a new giant task is none of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and then to kind of add to that, like if your your brains will always revert back to the belief that they know, like yes. you when and because you related it to weight loss i think that it's always really helpful when you're talking about something new that somebody may not even know they're struggling with to relate it to something like everyone yeah. if you're a woman on here i'm yeah. guarantee you've probably had some kind of weight loss story or something yeah and if you've gone on a diet and then the diet didn't stick the, the diet wasn't the problem well it could have been there's some pretty crappy diets out there. <laughs> like um the like you you started with these external things just like you would with starting with a calendar like you yeah. have to the reason it didn't stick is because you didn't change those underlying beliefs first and become the person who has already lost the weight like you said yeah. so it's so to kind of relate that back to something you may, somebody you may have already experienced to something with time management i mean i think that's a really good example Yeah. The other thing I'll say too, um, that pops up really frequently in my clients is perfectionism. And a lot of my clients would not identify themselves as perfectionists, but that can be a huge cause of procrastination as well. Um, like I did not know I was a perfectionist, but like 
but but I am apparently as it turns out I have like all these lists on my phone of like of things I would like not post anymore on my Instagram back when I was doing food photography because they didn't get engagement and essentially like my brain loves to create arbitrary rules and so I would just say like if you don't think you're a perfectionist but you create a lot of rules for yourself that may be another reason why you're having trouble getting into action too is because you have a very high bar for what's acceptable in terms of your output and your brain knows it's going to be nearly impossible to reach that goal so why even try like we can't mm-hmm. do it perfectly let's not let's not try for that because we know we will be really mean to ourselves on the back end when we fall short of that bar so i think that's important to talk about here too in terms of um procrastination and not doing what you say you'll do so i see that just so often and does that ultimately boil down to a fear of failure yeah, fear of failure. Fear. Um, the other thing I see too is like fear of what other people will think, and that's another mm-hmm. huge one that plays into this too. That goes into perfectionism, or yeah. just yep, really perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Really deeply worrying what people will think, and that they're going to let people down or disappoint them by like mm-hmm. what they've produced. So, like, probably the one of the most common things I coach on is that right there. I like that. I like that. Those are really good points. And so then along with that, what about people who say, who are like, say they've started maybe their, I don't know, one part of their business, but they have a really big goal to start another part of their business. And they just say, I'm too busy right now in my life. I'm going to wait until X, Y, Z. Like I'm going to wait until I pay off my student debt. I'm going to wait until, you know, my kids in kindergarten, whatever it is, I'm going to insert whatever variable. What about that scenario? Yeah. What you're really saying to yourself in that moment is I want to, I'm going to wait until I'm ready and you create ready for yourself. No one's ever ready to do anything. You're never, when you have those external things, you're not going to feel ready then either. And so you're just that, I think it does boil down to some fear and not realizing that um, a lot of times these things aren't supposed to be comfortable. I would say anything business related that's new is probably not going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's not supposed to be. You're doing something new and you are for sure, you know, going to have failures along the way. And yeah, delaying it to some future time doesn't make it any easier mm-hmm. and it won't prevent failure. I have a couple of things to say that. So okay. I want to dive. I really love that you said create, create ready for yourself. I've never heard that before. Like, yeah. let's talk about that more. What that, just more because I, it, you said it really like, I want people to hear that you create ready for yourself. Like you don't wait to feel ready. You decide that you are, and you're going to go after it. Is that basically? Yeah. hundred percent. Because you're never ready. Never. It just doesn't, there's not some time in place where you're going to arrive and be like, yes, I am ready. Because really <laughs> what you're saying is like, I'm ready to fail. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to be bad at this. I mean, we're not obviously conscious that that's what we're saying when you're saying I'm ready um, it's just, yeah, because we think we're going to feel good, you know, and feel mm-hmm. secure and feel confident. And it's just, it's not true. You don't, you build that along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're not wired to feel safe stepping outside of our, no. our comfort zone. I mean, our, it no. is our subconscious job to keep us safe. Yes. And it doesn't know that you're not going to starve to death if you decide yes. you're going to purchase a photography course. Like, it doesn't yes. know yeah. that when you take that step, whatever it is, that you're not going to, you know, it thinks it's going to die, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not going to feel good. Like the, no. the 
It's just not going to. And so one of the, there was an affirmation that I told someone today that I I am comfortable feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. would be really good to use for someone who is trying to get into that space of creating ready for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think willing to, yeah, totally expecting it to be uncomfortable and recognizing that that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It actually means you're on the right track if you're feeling uncomfortable. Okay. So we have gone through like a lot of really good things. We've kind of talked about how someone would recognize if they're having time time management issues. And then, I mean, is it ever about being more organized or is it only about mindset or is it like, can you find that it's both? Yeah. I mean, I think organization comes like external organization comes from an organized mind first. Like okay. you have to get your mind organized first and then your, your external world will become organized. And yes, like I do think there's some strategy things that you can do in terms of getting super clear about um, like say your food photography process, you know, how you go from, you know, cooking or baking something all the way through to, you know, editing and publishing the photo. Like I think getting very clear about that process can be useful, but you're not going to get there from a disorganized mind. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And people really struggle with how to fit it all in. And I think you kind of said this in the very beginning is that you have to get clear on what's important. You may not be able to fit all these things in and not all of them are important. Like you may think that that's going to move the needle forward in your business, but ultimately it's not like getting clear on what it is that you want in your business at this moment or maybe this quarter and then kind of approaching it from there. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I think people just in general (laughs) try to do way too much and it's really getting clear on like, okay, like what are the, you know, if your goal is to make money, like, okay, what are the money making activities or if your goal is to increase audience size or engagement, like just picking one thing and just going really hard on that and, and treating it like an experiment too. Like you may not know what's going to, you know, create more money for you or create more engagement or create more followers, whatever your goal is. Um, and just setting a well-defined time to just experiment and just see, you know, okay, I'm, this month I'm going to try these three things. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to assess and see, you know, did that get me closer to where I wanted to go? You know, what did I learn? Mm -hmm. That's really good. What else? What else do you think is important for us to like chat about for anyone who's kind of new to time management or knows they're struggling with or maybe listening and they're like, crap, that's my issue. (laughs) That's like, Is there anything else that you feel like is really important for someone to take away after listening to this episode? Yeah, I think it just goes back to just really starting to be aware that your thoughts are what are creating your experience of time right now. And it's totally fixable, totally fixable. Like you don't have to stay this way. It's really easy and it's really solvable. And you, even if you don't think that you're a, you know, a quote unquote, like organized person or someone who's good with time, it doesn't mean that you can't become that person. Like there's no DNA test to be like, oh yes, you are destined to forever be disorganized. Like that's just not how it works. It really is just a skill to be learned and it can get better. Mm -hmm. I know like it probably feels very overwhelming and frustrating. And um, I know there's a lot of, you know, can be a lot of shame and self-judgment that come along with that because, you know, if you do have desires and you just can't figure out how to make that happen for yourself, it feels really frustrating. I mean, I've been there. I know what that's like, and it doesn't feel good. And it can feel very much like you're going to be stuck there forever. 
and you don't have to, you, you won't be, you don't have to be like, you just keep taking the next step. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of comparison out there when people, especially if you're in the Instagram community, like you see people who are putting out content and they compare themselves to how much content that other person is putting out. Yeah. I mean, A, they don't know what, what their mental state is. <laughs> they yeah. have no idea how well they're handling that. Yeah. Um, and like, I guess it's just, I mean, I don't, I really like that you said that you it can feel shameful because yeah. even putting yourself in that situation on Instagram and seeing that can even trigger having those feelings of not having the time, but really it ultimately doesn't boil down to that. And if I'm guessing that if you come into a better space about your time and you learn to create like that good mindset around it, you don't have those bitter feelings. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of things that are a lot of times what comes up for my clients is a lack of self-trust. And I think it's really interesting that, I mean, I see that in almost all of my clients and that looks like, you know, a lack of self-confidence, not sure, you know, what to post, not sure, you know, like a lot of comparison to other people and not really feeling like they have their voice and, you know, trying to measure up to other people that just comes up so often. And it's just, it breaks my heart because it's just, you know, the world needs more of you and you really leaning into your voice and your passions and what's interesting to you and how you see food. And it's just, I think we try so hard. We think like the bar is outside of us and we need to measure up to that instead of like really leaning into what makes us interesting and different. And um, that's something I work on a lot with my clients too. Comparison comes up all the time. I have one more question for you and it just popped into my brain. So if you don't want to answer it, just say pass. But <laughs> I'd love to hear like your take for anyone who may be on the fence with like mindset work or really just kind of entertaining the idea or starting to work the idea into their lives about how your thoughts create your reality. Like how or where do you think you would be right now in your life if you wouldn't have started to implement the this mindset work that you have done? Yeah. Um, I would say you don't have to believe anything we say. <laughs> I would say, first of all, like, I know, like, you know, if I'm trying to be convinced of something, I'm, I'm the type of person that's like, no, I'm going to think about it my way. So it's want to offer, like, you totally don't have to take any of this on. Um, I like to play around with like, okay, what if maybe they're right? And like, not even for the rest of my life, I have to believe this, like maybe for the next 10 minutes, I'll play around with, okay, what if, how could they be right about this? Um, the other thing I would say is if I had never found this work and I found it through self-help books back in like 2015, 2016, I mean, I would for sure still be working two jobs as an occupational therapist. I would still be feeling like there was something wrong with me. Like I had somehow missed the memo on how to be a happy person or like, I would just, I, back then I just thought there was something wrong with me. I just thought that I was just an unhappy person. It was because of how I grew up. It was because of, you know, the experiences that I had and like, there was just something wrong with me. And, um, I would just, I don't, I would just not be in a great place. Like I just, it's totally transformed my life in such a short period of time that I just can't imagine where I would be without this work. I just, I can't. 
it's mm. so hard to think about because I was just so unhappy all the time and I was so stressed out and, you know, I was just so worried and cared so much about what everybody else thought of me. And I had such a, I mean, tangent, but like such a crappy relationship with my mom. And I thought it was her fault. And, you know, like it's just impacted me in so many ways. There isn't an area of my life that is untouched by this work. And yeah. it's just transformed my entire life. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, play around with the idea of like, maybe, maybe this is true. And maybe it is just my thoughts that are creating my feelings. I think that might even be a nice like baby step to start with of like, okay, maybe my thoughts are creating my feelings and this is how I know I'm going to write down everything that I'm thinking right now that I think are causing my emotions. And then I'm going to like, look at the facts of the situation where everybody would agree on like the sky is blue or, you know, whatever. And then the rest of it is a story that I'm telling myself. And it's just really starting there and being patient and not trying to force yourself to think anything, I think would be where I would, I would say to start. That's really good advice. It's, it's perfect. And I think that's kind of where, where I was at when I first like started thinking about this. I'm like, I don't have a negative mindset. I just think uh, practical. That was, I I just think about like realistically what could happen. And then I was like, maybe I am creating that. Like if the positive thought can create the positive and I'm thinking, well, I'm just being realistic about this. Like I'm realistically approaching the fact that my evening's going to suck because I'm going to be so busy. That's just fact. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) maybe I did create that. Let's try that. So I think that's amazing advice. Greta, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. It was so good. And you shared so many tips. I would um, love for everyone to be able to go and find you. So if you could share where the best place for that is for anyone to come and follow along or work with you if they would like. Yeah. So I hang out mostly on Instagram at Greta, G-R-E-T-T-A underscore Skolten, S-C-H-O-L-T-E-N. And then I also have a website, GretaCoaches.com. They can come find me there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your expertise with us. And um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Mind Over Blog Podcast. Don't forget, if you love this episode, to leave us a review and then tag me on Instagram at Mind Over Blog. Share it in your stories. I'd love to know what you like the most about this episode. Until the next time, have a great day.